Hello, Team Builder. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Chris Cabert, of Fun Doing and On Team Building. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hi, Chris. Thanks for joining me at Training Wheels headquarters today. Hi, Michelle. Yeah, it's it's an odd time for us. Sunday. I know. We're recording on a Sunday. Uh, it's been it's been you know again. We keep saying this. Our schedules just kind of go they're up and full. down. And they're, they're very full. Yeah. They're well. How do you say it? They're intentionally int- full. Intentionally full. Mm-hmm. And all good things. Yeah. All good things. Yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing well. I've been. I've got a couple days off from my semi-professional dog walking career, <laughs> and that's really nice because I'm getting some other things done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you doing? How are you doing? Yeah, doing great. Finished up the first the the rough draft of team building from the toy aisle book. Nice, nice. And so now it's off to the publisher and off to the editor. So that was a huge item off my current plate, and now we're. I'm actually going to go to Kansas for a week and go spend some time on my farm. So that'll be a nice change of pace for me. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I, I, I drove up to Michelle's house to see this epic trailer in, uh, in, on, parked on the road. Yeah. That they're going to use for their, their home while they're in Kansas. Yeah. We did. Very we, cool. we purchased a big travel trailer and yeah. we're excited to go camping in it with the family. Yeah, cool. So I wonder how many people are actually, I wonder if trailer sales are up now. They are. They're... People can live anywhere yeah. now and live in a trailer on a beach. Mm-hmm. That sounds appealing. Yeah. I think that's very cool. <laughs> if you can get internet. Right. Uh, nowadays it's that vagabond traveling and going. So, the, you know, maybe that's your boys are getting older and they you might be empty nesters. Well, and it's soon. also with virtual school right now that, you know, you can wow, literally do school true. from anywhere. So he will be sitting at the dinette table in the camper participating in virtual school. Oh, nice. While they're in Kansas. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, our reality is, is different. Yeah. It's, it's moving into difference. Well, it yeah. actually, it's a great segue into our question for today, actually, because I've gotten this question on a lot and I know you've gotten a few of them as well, yes. but the question we're going to tackle today is how do you price virtual programs? Yeah. And, and you touched upon this a while ago, what to think about when you're pricing. Right. But I think, you know, now it's time to look at the history we've been going for a while mm-hmm. and people are now pricing things out. What's maybe we'll get a little more specific on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I have an, a specific example and, and then your thoughts because you've been pricing these out for a while now. Correct. So what do you, why don't you start? What do you think about? Let's do a, maybe a little review of what to think about mm-hmm. when pricing and then we'll maybe throw out some numbers. Okay. Um, yeah. That sounds go. good. Yeah. One thing that I think about when I'm pricing out a virtual program is how much time is it going to take me for the prep work to make that program happen. That's important to think about the number of man hours that you that will be required of you in building out, whether it be a slide deck, your the presentation, whatever it is, how much time is that or will you need to invest in prepping for the program and then the actual program itself and then place a number on that for what feels good and feels right for, for you, for your organization, depending on whether you're an independent contractor or whether you're working for an organization. 
we don't have to get super specific because people can look this up and it could vary, but I know you've priced out creating a scavenger hunt for another group. Mm -hmm. If they come to you, we want you to create a scavenger hunt for us. You put a price tag on this. Mm -hmm. What did you think about when you came to that number? Yeah. I, well, I built out my first one for facilitators. So I kind of had an idea of about how long it was going to take me to literally just build out all of those clues. And then it was about an hour and a half to two hour delivery. And so when I looked at that, that's a full day of my time. And I have, you know, a daily rate that I charge people if they want me to come out and do a training. Okay. And so that's where my initial number went to was I'm like, all right, it's a full day of my time. And it's a, you know, whether I'd be getting on an airplane and showing up and delivering a six to eight hour program on site, this is actually, it's still the same amount of time. It's six to eight hours of my time delivering a program, but it's all the prep work, you know, and really I didn't, I don't necessarily charge people for the prep work for me to do an in-person program because my prep work has been done over the last 21 years of facilitating and, and, and all of this, right? Like I can show up and sometimes do programs just very, I mean, robotically, it's kind of a, it's an, it's not a great word to use, but when I show up, I've done some of those activities so many times that I'm good at them, right? So it's, yeah. I don't have to do as much prep work other than still really thoughtfully thinking out what the program is going to be. And I want it to specifically meet outcomes that are laid out by the client and those types of things. But some of the activities, you know, I've, I've led them over 400 times. So I know I'm like the back of my right. hand. Right. You've refined and, and we can choose quickly mm -hmm. because we know how they work. Right. And that, that doesn't take us as long. Right. But that makes, that makes complete sense around your pricing of it. Cause if, if it's going to take you a day mm -hmm. and you're going out, that's a way to think about it. Right. What do you charge for a day if somebody wants to hire you face-to-face? -face? What are you going to charge for a day of work? Mm -hmm. And even if you're at your house, why charge less? Because right. mm -hmm. you're still working a full day. Yeah. Okay, cool. That was it. That, thank you for that example because I noticed it was on your store. Mm -hmm. And so you obviously are going to help others with this and it now becomes a product that you have. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine that I just talked to did the same thing. He created one program one virtual program and he said this is a complex team building virtual program we're going to do complex problem solving activities online he charges 25 dollars per person with a minimum i'm sure he has a minimum i would set it like a minimum of uh, 300 for two hours right. like, so if it's less than 12 people but he's led this with over 4,000 people but mm -hmm. it's one program right it's he's done it once he doesn't have to plan for every single group because he's already telling the groups what his program does. Right. And people just kind of take that quote unquote package. But it's a really powerful program and he, he doesn't have to think about it every right. single time. Now mm -hmm. he just sells it. Right. So that's another way to think about it. Do the, do the programming or design one time. Right. And whether somebody invests and pays you for that or you invest your own time and then you sell it over the years, mm -hmm. so to speak, you could keep that same program and then build another program. Yeah. That's another difference. So that's another way to look well, at it. Well, and that's what well. we're actually doing that with our virtual scavenger hunts as well. I have one that um, 
I hope it will be out in the next week or two, but it's just going to be what I'm going to call a stock scavenger hunt that, you know, it'll have a team building and leadership focus to it. And then it'll only be 20 or $25 per person. Cause I've had a lot of small teams come to me and like, I really want to do something with my team. But I'm like, Oh, building one of those out for 12 people. That's a, a whole day of time for one. I mean, and, and it's expensive. It, it was expensive. So mm-hmm. it outpriced them. So I thought, you know what, if I just had one, and then anybody can go through it and it doesn't require a lot of me so that I actually will have one of those in the next week or right, two. Yeah. Right. Well that that's a pretty cool way to, to to see it is pick a concept that we know and love as we you said leadership, team building, there could be trust, there could be communication and then take the time to build those concept programs and then the activities you choose work on the behaviors related to those concepts. Mm-hmm. Then you can, what do you call it? Stock? It's a stock. Program. I call it a stock, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have a menu, so mm-hmm. to speak, and say, here's, here are the kinds of programs we can do virtually. And I think a lot of people are talking about that. How many topics do you really work on mm-hmm. in 90 to two, 90 minutes to two hours? Right. We're not going to do a lot of things. So by choosing one thing, maybe they do the, connection 90 minute program in the morning Mm -hmm. and then they come back for the leadership program that you've already got designed and then you're refining it as you go and maybe adding activities or tweaking it but it's not a whole redesign for every single person right yeah that's a a good way to look at it and then charge per person Mm -hmm. and it seems like 20 25 dollars per person seems to be kind of a going rate for a two-hour program, mm-hmm. 90 minutes to two hours. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what else? What um, other advice around pricing? Well, I would also, it depends on whether or not your platform has a fee for it as well. So the ones that I have been consistently using, they have been free of charge for me to utilize to build out. So, and that I've specifically have used Flippity for the virtual scavenger hunts that I have been building out, which is a Google Excel document, you know, and it's totally free and Google just makes that out there. And there are so many other Google platforms as well that you can use like Flippity. There's teachers can use, there's a flashcard building one. There's lots of really great customizable Google docs that you can do that then turn into, you can make them into any kind of program that you want. And those are free, but there are also some that, you know, have a per person charge to them if you want more bells and whistles to them. Got it. Um, and so that's if you just something like to consider. Like Zoom, if you wanted to add more than a hundred people. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you have then that's a charge. So don't forget to build in mm-hmm. uh, if you're charging per person, then what else are you spending money on is right. also going to be important. There's a lot of ways to look at that. And some of the things you were doing were also keynotes. Mm-hmm. How do you think about pricing like if you're just going to keynote something on a topic, it's almost there's that difference between a webinar and a meeting. Right. So a keynote to me would almost be, I think I would say related more to a webinar because you're presenting information. Yes. And yes, I call my quote unquote keynotes, I call them play notes because I still want people interacting. I I think it would be painful to sit and just listen to someone talking, especially in the virtual space. It's so much harder. So I do, yes, it's kind of more webinar because I do still give a little bit of an inspirational talk, but I make sure that it within, I like to keep the 10 minute mark in mind. I don't talk just me talking for longer than 10 minutes before I have the group interacting in some way, whether it be 
sending them into breakout rooms and having just discussed what they've learned so far and how it could, they could apply what they're learning, the skills that they're learning, or whether I, I do a large group activity to where everyone is still in the main session room of Zoom or whatever, and we do an activity together, but it's, it includes movement. It includes action, you know, activity, things like that. So as far as pricing that goes, Again, I look at, am I building a program out from scratch or can I pull in a slide deck and tweak it and just like pull out one logo, stick in another one? I would say earlier on in the virtual programming world, I probably charged a little bit more for them than what I have now because now my slide decks are pretty much built out and ready to go. And it's really easy for me to pull out a logo, stick in another logo, customize the message. And it doesn't take me but maybe an hour or so on a slide deck, whereas the first few took me hours to do yeah. because it was just so much more work. What I'm hearing you say is maybe if you believe you can put together, I'm going to say a play, so a play mm-hmm. note in an hour, then you don't charge a design fee, so to speak. No, not If anymore. it's a little more custom and, you're, and you believe you're going to spend more than an hour, then what is your hourly rate? Right. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. If I'm designing something, what do I charge someone for an hour of consulting? Mm-hmm. And even if I'm doing it at my computer or doing it face-to-face, I don't see why there's a difference in pricing because mm-hmm. you're still... Yeah, and I would say, you know, it, it, for me, as far as what... When you are deciding how much to charge for your time, that is a really uncomfortable subject for a lot of people to put a price tag on, right? You know, I would say earlier in my career when I didn't have as much experience, I charged a lot less for it. And now that I have way more experience and I've you know, authored several books and I'm looked as an expert in the industry, I charge a lot more for that. And so uh, the content, and honestly, I'm a way better facilitator now than I was 21 years ago when I first got started. And so in theory, over time, as your skills enhance, no matter what you're in, you know, in theory, you're going to be making more later in your career than you are right at the beginning right, of your career. Right. You have a reputation for being a knowledgeable person, mm-hmm. a person people go to. You have a lot of your 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 resume is very long, um, so you can back up your offering and what you're charging. So that's um, while Michelle was saying that to all the listeners out there, she was smiling at me because <laughs> she's been trying, she's been working on me about. <laughs> pricing the things that I have. But what I remember you saying to me a while ago was, this is what it costs for me to leave my house. Yes. You know, so you have to also balance with the, all the other things you have going on. If someone wants my expertise, this is what it costs. Right. And it's not going to be for everybody. Right. Um, and for for me, I'm still working on that that feeling. So those, those of you out there who are struggling with this, I, we get this, Michelle and I get this all the time. What should I be charging for this? What should I be charging for that? It doesn't, oh, that's so expensive. Well, for some people it is, Mm -hmm. for others it's not, and you have a value. And, And maybe you need to sit with a, with a business coach and and get the reasoning what where that comes from, where pricing comes from. Because it it's difficult to price things and and then be able to tell people what the price is mm-hmm. without feeling bad about it. That's where I'm at is I still feel bad about sometimes is saying this is what I cost because I want everybody to, you know, get my programs or get my trainings. So you have to decide what's an hourly consulting fee. If someone said, write us a curriculum, you know, figure out what you would charge for an hour. Mm-hmm. Same thing virtually. If you're going to write for an hour, 
What is your writing fee? What is your design fee? If you're going to lead a workshop or a training for a, an organization or let's say a camp, for instance, it's, it's maybe not, you know, a camp is going to have, maybe you have a, do you have a nonprofit I do, and yeah. a for-profit fee structure? Yeah, I was going to chime budgets. in and say that. I mean, when you're working with a nonprofit group, you can charge less. There's some programs I still do at gratis. I do them for free, but I balance that between, you know, my paid programs and my, you know, my gratis programs. I want everyone to have access as well, which is why I have really, you know, high priced programs. I also have the $20 per person programs, yeah. you know, because I do, I want it to be accessible to everyone. And, 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 and I think virtually, it's very, it, it's much easier to do that. The other piece of advice I think I would also give the listeners and give you even uh, is don't price yourself based on your own wallet. So don't spend, don't charge someone what you, uh, let's see here, how do I say this? Don't charge someone what you think you would pay for that program. You know, because you're spending from your own wallet's budget and your own monthly budget and things like that, which is going to be different for an organization. So when you're putting a number on something, don't price it as if you were paying for it out of your own wallet. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, because then you have that blind spot of, well, I, you know, I can only afford this. Right. So that's only how much I would right. pay. However, whatever it is, whatever group you're serving you know, they may have a different perspective. Right. You got to see from their perspective. I heard another formula around the type. Let's say you're going to do a keynote or a workshop because people are asking for these things now. Would you do a workshop? How much would you charge virtually? And one of the formulas was if it's a nonprofit, go find out how much they're charging per person. You'll look for on their website, you look for attendance because they'll usually say, for vendors, they'll say how many people usually show up because that will attract vendors to these places. And then if it's, if it's under 500, then think about two registration fees for a workshop. If it's a keynote, four registration fees. If it's over 500, then you add another registration fee or two. So you can look at what are they charging per person? They'd gladly give one or two registration fees mm -hmm. to you to do a workshop. You know, so there's a, that's another way to look at it. If they're charging $500 for a two day conference, then obviously there's some value that they believe is important and they'll, and people are paying for this. Mm -hmm. So they're willing to pay you because they're asking you, you know, so there's a, there's, that's a way to see it. If they want you to present, then give the same kind of value that they are asking for people to pay for. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think another thing to think about too is also whether this is an, or if you're pricing out a program as an organization, or if you're pricing out a program as an independent contractor and facilitator as well, because those are also, you have different things to come in to play with that, right? With, with, for, for me at training wheels, I have staff salaries and all of these other things that I do I'm responsible for every single month. And with that, that, that influences what I charge programs because I have 
obligations every month there. And it's not just me paying my own mortgage and my, you know, covering my own personal bills and things like that. So that also influences the price when I'm thinking about pricing out programs. Sure, It's the overhead. Mm -hmm. And that's business. Business is around balancing out the overhead that you have with what you can charge. Uh, What I'm going to say is for me, it's about a feeling. It's about feeling good right now about charging. And then I'm making myself up just a little bit, Mm -hmm. like what feels good. And then push myself to ask for a little bit more Mm -hmm. because that's going to get me comfortable knowing that people will pay that and people will pay. You might not get as many people as you would like, but you are running a business. You need to be able to charge for your time. You need to have that exchange of energy mm-hmm. and it's, it's a fair price for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Again, not everybody will pay it. Right. Not, everybody, not everybody can, but there will be people that will do that and you'll be able to then continue your business or your organization will grow and thrive by being able to offer the fees that that are reasonable and fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. So I think to close this one out, I think I would just like to put out there, you can do it. I know at the very beginning, I know a lot of people lost a lot of work for several months because all of the in-person programs went away and all of a sudden we had to build these skills really quickly. And so there might've been several months worth of maybe lost income before now we're in this virtual space and the virtual space is still really going to stretch a lot of facilitators, but there are enough resources, enough people out there that are doing it and doing it well now that, that anyone that is thinking about doing it, if you do a little bit of searching and a little bit of reaching out, you're going to find great examples to follow and you can do it. Set something that works for you. If this is your first time you're going to charge someone, Set something that works, see how it feels, see how it goes, get some feedback, and then you can adjust from there. If it's a really good program and they really like it, they want you back, then you're, then you, you did something well. Mm-hmm. So you can charge for this. You can charge for this expertise. People are paying for this. Yeah. I think that's what I would say. Well, and one thing that I always tell people, I'm like, if, if they've asked for a custom program, I tell them, here's my price. And then I kind of gauge the response at that point in time, especially if we're doing it over Zoom and I can see their physical reaction. And then I say, if that is out of your budget, don't let it be a barrier to entry. Let's have a conversation. Price it that in a way that feels good. And then, you know, but then also make sure everyone knows, don't let that stop you because we have options if that is going to be a little outside of your budget. Stay in conversation with the people and see until they say no, you know, the idea is there's still a possibility. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for... Ask Michelle and Chris about team buildings.